Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 62, Ghost of Toshima. With me, George, and as always joined by Tom, special apparition to my Slimer. How's it going? <laughs> nice. That's good. Um, I'm, I'm okay, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Well, let's give everyone a rundown of uh, what we've got coming up in the news, Tom. Uh, we've got a, a duo of Xbox news, uh, so Brilliant. stick around for that. Um, oh. And we've got we've got old, a bit of news from old Jeff Keighley, the legend. Bring him in. Um, wheel yeah, him in. Wheel him out. Uh, the topic of the show this week, or the uh, headline act, is the Ghost of Tsushima. We've put together a little, uh, like a mini preview, but uh, a very quick sort of how to be relatively good at the game early doors, just to give yourself a good grounding in the world. After that, we'll also do our sort of initial thoughts on the game without any spoilers, so don't panic. Uh, Then we've got the immortal Stingray, the man who brings us the new releases every week so we can talk about the new release highlights. And then the the show ends when I ask Tom what he's hoping to play. But it can only begin. Odders grip that wheel. Tom, what you been playing? Uh, well, this week, uh, last night I got to briefly play probably an hour and a half of Ghost of Tsushima, but I'll discuss that in the feature. Um, been continuing a little bit on my playthrough uh, on hard mode of Last of Us Part 2, uh, which has been quite good just to see a few of the little things I've probably missed on the first time. How, how hard is that in a new Game Plus mode? It, it's probably a little bit early to tell, right, because... I think there's less supplies around. That's the main one. And you do seem to take a bit more damage. It's new game plus hard mode as well. So we discussed this before. That is slightly ramped up from hard difficulty. So, um, yeah, I still enjoy that. I think I probably will over time. But just keep with the new game, But with the new game plus, you do get to keep your yeah, you stats, yeah. don't you? Which is like yeah. Spider-Man, they ramped up the difficulty for hard. But... When you went in yeah. New Game Plus with almost every power unlocked, it was a cakewalk. Not that I'm saying yeah, Last of Us 2 is a cakewalk, because it surely isn't. But yeah. I think the AI seems to be a little bit more switched on as well. They will play more aggressive towards you, and, and you've got to really be constantly on the move or make sure you've got enough ammo or, or uh, sort of melee weapons to deal with them. But yeah, um, quite enjoyed that. Okay, so saving our, saving our Ghost of Tsushima conversation until the feature, is there anything yeah. else you've been uh, nibbling away at other than the obvious aforementioned deleted I'll just mention, um, just mention Warzone, uh, Call of Duty Warzone briefly. It's getting harder and harder, that game. I feel like there's probably a lot of people who have a lot of time to play that game. Uh, and sadly, it's been um, because it's cross-play. Uh, there's been a sort of influx of people with like aim bots and ha- being able to hack the game. So they've got like literally instant lock on aim. So you're kind of in that lobby and you're thinking, is there just going to be someone here with like laser aim? And you just think, if there is, it's almost pointless playing. It's like being in a running race with someone who is like secretly the Flash. Um, yeah, I think that's... Um, why Why would you not just delete it from your hard drive and save yourself the space? I still really enjoy multiplayer. I enjoy playing that uh, on a Friday night with my friends and 
when you do get in that final circle and if you pick up the win it's uh, it's a great feeling and it's usually been like quite a long the, the matches are quite long that's something I like about it it feels like a bit of a a proper sort of battle through um, quite a large area map obviously uh, it, it does need freshening up they're, they're um, being a little bit I don't know can't say lazy because it is a free game but it just needs a bit of freshening up with the map, maybe a new location or a new map altogether. But we'll see. Um, I better ask you what you've been playing. Oof, Tom. Uh been playing an awful lot of Farming Simulator uh, 19 in my yes, personal as time. Yes, as I've seen. Um, but I don't want to sort of labour on that because I've discussed that already. But I have been playing the uh, Car Mechanic Simulator, which I dismissed as just being boring tap but you know what it's a i see it as a puzzle game and it's a rather unique and fun um little puzzle game you know you take calls yeah. on the phone it reminds me in a way it's more of a serious take on that vr job simulator one of those jobs uh, <laughs> in that game you could be a car yeah. you worked in a car garage and it's it's kind of similar but obviously with a little it's a little bit more geeky so the engines mm-hmm. do all come apart and can do all services and other bits of due due to your uh at, at one point having a bit of hands-on experience with that how did you find it stacks up to the real life um problems uh, uh recently like- recently realistic like the last time i streamed it um a guy brought a car in because he had a noise from the engine so i quickly yeah. set to and I checked the, and I found a few items on the engine that needed replacing. But then on the sort of job list that you get, it doesn't tell you what the problem is until you find it. So I stripped this car down to its component parts, uh, and I was completely, I was completely flummoxed by it. I checked on the internet, and the noise is actually coming from a loose fan cowl. Really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, which again is quite realistic, but you can't have the car running and it produces sound, you see. So it's it's yeah. quite hard. If that had been real life, you'd have seen that and you'd been like, oh, it's got the fan yeah. cows flapping around. So I'll just cable tie that down or fit a I, new one. I, um, I, the reason I asked that is because um, in the Discord chat that we have, um, which we'll, we'll get to when we, we do the sort of show promotional stuff, um, there was some discussion about Microsoft flight simulation. I mean, that's looking incredible, but the video I watched, uh, had an actual train pilot, um, and he had used it to gain quite a number of hours learning or, or like putting a bit of finesse on his, his knowledge. Um, I just, I do wonder whether, like something like mechanic simulator could be used in a college or whether it oh yeah is, 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 i think like i was a, i was a, a study aid yeah definitely because obviously the motors come apart and it's got the camshafts in the right place and it's got the the crankshaft in the right place and you've got the pistons attached to that with the bearing shells and i think and, more uh, so than like the, the farming simulator and the forestry one and stuff like that admittedly there's a lot you can learn there i'm sure but the mechanic one from what I've seen of you streaming it is very much like you say it's in front of you like a real engine would be and you it's not um as sort of physical in a way of like you've got to drive this tractor from A to B and make sure you don't 
stack it. Mm. Um, the mechanic one is is more. Um, it's hard to find the words to sort of say what I'm meaning here, but um, it's more in your mind about what you've got to do, like you say, oh, yeah. puzzle element, and and that's how engines are can be. If you oh, do a repair, you've got to you've got to figure out the problem and, and yeah, solve the it. only thing I would suggest that would have made it better for its PS4 release is it's very much or its console release. It's very much a port of the PC game. You use your right, right. you use your right thumbstick as the mouse pointer. And you you bring it down to an area and you click on it. Now that's not that easy when it's not a mouse. And secondly, yeah. the uh, the DualShock's got motion sensor in it. And at the minute, yeah. when you screw when you tighten up a bolt, you just hold X and it tightens in automatically. Part of me, if you were using a ratchet, would like to see you have to shape, you know, yeah, shape, move the yeah, key, yeah. click on it and then move the controller up and down to kind of simulate yeah. the ratchet. And then they could have used the mic on the dual shock to give you that sort of ratchet noise as you were doing it which i think would have made it's a game that would have benefited from vr as well i think it would have been really good in vr um but oh yeah absolutely beggars can't be choosers you got to take what you can get um what else have we been playing um anything retro oh nba jam on the 32x which i have to say Looks incredible. The graphics are so sharp compared to the Mega Drive Genesis version. It, it's it's a real uplift, and they're using the 32x to be able to sort of scale the characters in and out from the screen. So when you're nearer to the camera, as it's a side-on basketball game, yeah. the characters get bigger, and when you push to the back of the court, they get smaller. Whereas on the Genesis, the I think on the SNES and obviously every other port apart from the Saturn and PS1 versions, they, the characters are the same size every time. So it's that closer to the arcade, the sound um, effects are just that little bit more sharper and there's not got the hiss of a 16-bit sound sample. So it's... I think, yeah, um, I think it's great. I love the game anyway, so this is the ultimate version on Sega's 16-stroke 32-bit console. I think when uh, you talk about techniques there of, of making things appear closer and uh, giving depth of field and stuff, I think that's where retro is quite interesting because you look at all these different techniques used by developers years ago um, in a similar way like movies, like you look at painted map backgrounds and rotoscope yeah. and things like that, that are almost when you look at them now and, and learn how they were done, you're like, that, that's that's genius. That's very clever the way they've done that compared yeah. to like using movie again as an example. Like I'm not discrediting any CGI works. It's probably very complicated, but it, it's um, the, the tool set is probably uh, more user friendly uh, and requires less um, imagination in some ways, but the same way probably NBA What's the one that's uh, free to play this month? 2K20. Oh, NBA 2K20, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to make that look almost photorealistic, and that's great because it, it, that's as game as what we were probably after uh, years ago. But then you kind of look back on that retro thing of that's really clever how they did that. And I tell you, so, NBA yeah. Jam is a still an absolute blast to play. Got the gameplay still, yeah. It has. That's it's good. two on two, yeah. but that doesn't really matter. It's fun. It's yeah. quick. It's obviously 
outrageous at times. You know, you're going for a slam dunk from halfway down the three-point line <laughs> and, you know, he's spinning his arm round in the air. Obviously, if you get three baskets in a row, you get the um, the immortal, he's on fire and you set the basket hoop on fire and you can smash the back glass if you get the timing right. You know, it's it's just a fun little game. One thing I do miss, though, on the 32X version, and I guess that's just a tournament edition feature when you get to on NBA Jam original you get when you get to half time there's like a, a three or maybe a one second clip of someone doing a slam dunk on the half time report all gone on tournament edition <laughs> I was like looking forward to seeing well it'd be interesting to see how much better this looks it was gone yeah you can substitute players which is obviously probably more beneficial to the gameplay but yeah I, I'm I miss that sort of presentation style. And yeah. uh, what else have I been? Um, I've picked up Alien Isolation, a game that I got back in the day, but playing it with it's a, the one where it's more like a survival horror. Yeah, uh, I played it with a girlfriend, swapping the controller between each other, and she yeah. wasn't keen, and therefore it kind of slipped out of rotation. And I, I think I sold it because I can't find it, so I've bought it again because I think now with a little bit more, you know, private play time, I can. I'll master that and really enjoy it because I enjoy the I enjoy the franchise and the world and the world building of aliens. And from what I played, one of those, yeah, one of those for headset. Sorry, one of those for the headset and uh, full lights off immersion into the game. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll use the surround sound. I won't use a Uh, okay headset, uh, but it has got the featuring of using the PlayStation camera, hasn't it? For Oh, is it? Yeah, if there's a lot of noise audible in the room, which, you know, you've got to admit, if if like a family man was trying to play that in the day and the kids were rowing and the alien heard him, that would be a bit annoying. But in the uh, if you're playing it in your gamer room with the door closed, it uses the camera's microphone. So if you like yeah. gasp or like, oh my goodness, the alien yeah. like zooms in on your location so you give yourself away. That's a great feature. That's yeah. A great feature. More games should use that, to be honest with you. I think it... Not many people have got the camera. Um, I've got it yeah. for the, I've got it for the VR, but the side benefit of that meant you can stream and have yourself visible on the screen. Um, but there's lots of extra features with it that you know people don't realise it's doing. and I, The VR alone is a great reason to own one. I, I quite like the design of the the new PS5 one with its uh, kind of like clip style that hopefully most people will just be able to put it onto their TV yeah. or clip it onto a cupboard or anything really. I think um, that does intrigue me. Um, As I said before, that sort of clamshell I think is designed really specifically. F- I don't know about other brand of TVs because I think maybe they have got that little rim along the top yeah. back section of a TV, but the... The Sony sets definitely have, so you'll just be able yeah. to plonk that on. Because I got an aftermarket. Well, it was called. It's by Four Gamers, which I think is like an officially licensed PlayStation Four camera stand, and it's got that folded, almost, but like a smaller version of that taco clam, as you call it, where yeah. it unfolds and it clips into that little ridge, so you can have it just nicely sat on top of your TV. It's just hanging on there, but it. Yeah, never moved in the whole unless I've knocked it playing VR. But then again, at that point, I'm seconds <laughs> away from the smashing the TV anyway, aren't I? So, <laughs> well, I think that might be it for what I've played. 
Yeah, I um, I guess we're better speaking of retro that we're talking about before. We've got a little bit of retro news, but um, before we jump into the news, um, just uh, let everyone know, any new listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com uh, via email, or you can direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Um, if you hop on the Instagram, you'll also see a... Um, a link tree to our discord and various other things so please pop along and have a look there's loads of cool stuff on there and it's on tw- um, I tell you every week it's on twitter as well that link tree it is yeah yeah <laughs> i always i always think instagram's used more than twitter but i'm probably wrong on those stats well you don't go on there you don't know about the lovely engaged no, audience that we've got on twitter. i don't i'm not on social media well I, I have an account but i've just deleted the app uh for my own reasons, but it doesn't mean you cannot go on there and enjoy some gaming-related stuff. Well, if they want to engage with you personally, they need to go into the Discord, don't they? They do, yeah, I'm on there. And so unlike, a unlike, a lot of, unlike a lot of podcasts, the Discord's free. You're not hidden behind a paywall, are you, Tom? The questions no. to get read out on the show, they're not hidden behind a paywall. No, no, no. Anyone could join, ask a question. And uh, also, what happens if... Uh, we pick their comment as comment of the month. They win a wonderful piece of exclusive artwork. Pretty much anything they want, really. Drawn uh, from uh, Adam the Artist, a.k.a. Comic Pictures No Space on Etsy. Go browse his works and think about what you might be able to win if your comment is deemed eloquent enough, I would say. I'd like a picture of Phil, the producer, and Phil Schofield. Why don't Just you... chilling. On, okay. a, on a tandem, cycling. No. Okay. Okay. When I had the barbecue with Phil, Phil and Holly oh, last weekend. Yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get to make it, did I? They weren't very complimentary about you. Phil, the producer, got speaking about some of your diva-like ways and Scoff and Holly were like, oh, I'm glad he didn't make it. That's all I'll say. Well... Well, there's history there, isn't there? There's a, there's a lot of history. And me and Holly, she's married, admittedly, but we've got a, uh, a play date with the kids next Wednesday. Uh, uh, all right. So uh, me and her are going to be uh, taking the kids soft play uh, when yeah. it's finally, hopefully it'll be open by then because obviously all the corona restrictions. We're going to have a nice, she's a big fan of the caramel latte, as am I, so we'll have one of those. And and she's she's hinted towards her agent looking at picking me up for some uh, sound over or voiceover work, as you call it. What, what, what Phil? I I get the pick of the sound over work. He's shaking not, his head. Not him. I think you've burnt your bridges there, pal. She do, she doesn't know quality <laughs> when she sees it. That's all I'll say about that. Holly's closing remark to me referenced the agent was. He and I know quality when we hear it, George. Unbelievable. (laughs) On that bombshell of news, Tom, we've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, do you want to dip in there with your voiceover work and give us top headline? Uh, You take this first one, mate. I'll take all the news. You just sit back. No, no, it's okay. I'm no, good. Phil wants um, this to be my highlight reel for the voiceover work, the audition. Blowing. No, the... no, Phil, Phil, let me, let me. Fine. 
Okay. Number one, blowing the big bucks. I do a range of accents, Phil. You know this. Just Why give the fans can you not? The, just give the fans the news, you slithering slug. Number one, blowing the big bucks. In a current, if a current LinkedIn profile, <laughs> that's a good start. It's a good start. You got me on my, you got me on my back. It's like I've been. I've got you on your back. I'm not into that. You just stand up, friend. Come on. <laughs> well, Phil said him and Schofield were getting up to all that Don't sort of thing. Don't you but... dare bring the Phils into it. Uh, anyway, if a current LinkedIn profile is anything to go by, uh, new Microsoft developer. Polymax, we're not sure on the pronunciation of that, but it's making an exclusive game for the Xbox Series X, expected to release in 2022, so it's a bit of a way off. Um, but they've developed their own engine, the QMAX engine. Uh, but the other interesting thing here is it's rumoured to have one of the biggest video game budgets of all time, and it lists its nine company founders as having worked on over 20 AAA titles. So... Will we see this potential new powerhouse studio, uh, what they've got to offer in next week's Xbox Live event? Only time will tell, I suppose. Oh, I hope so. That sounds very interesting, doesn't it? For yeah. All, for all the graphic uh, <laughs> lovers, they're going to be all over that like a rash. That sounds... I know a new engine's always exciting, isn't it? Because it, I was thinking if you look at some of um, the individual, like, I don't know, now, the Decimer engine, um, it... it it really does uh, push the push the bar or raise the bar to to new levels um, when an individual company build their own engine. I think the biggest uh, video game budget of all time. That's either going to go blockbuster, well, one off, yeah, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only concerning thing there. I mean, that's great news for Xbox fans, and uh, the only one I'd be worried about is having. The nine company founders have been worked on over 20 AAA titles. Well, there's a lot of AAA titles that aren't very good. Um, a AAA title, really. Now let's let's can... just take this on face value. This is great news. Um, oh, yeah. And a much-needed no bolster of something to get excited about for the Series X. I mean, that's to release in 2022 as well. I mean, that's not a million miles away, really, in the grand scheme of things, is it? That's round the corner, one would hope. Not really, no. Um, it soon flies by, and obviously big AAA titles take a long time to produce. Um, as I was saying, though, like a AAA title, it, it could be like a yearly... Up- they could have been working on like yearly updated AAA games, uh, or they could have been working on some sort of five-year... Uh, long-term really special titles that have been released we don't know what they were um and and where this team's kind of been formed from or what companies but yeah that's that's exciting next next week all will be revealed so that was your i think so yeah that was your highlight reel for your voiceover work that you're going to ask phil to send holly here's my hands of god Jeff Keighley last night dropped a small video with a full hands-on with PS5's new DualSense controller and played a small section of the free bundled-in Astrobot PS5 game, which is designed to show off all the new features of the controller. Tom, you're very excited, seemingly, by, first of all, Jeff Keighley. I think you get more excited about Jeff Keighley than 
any man with a wife and I kids told you. really right to. Um, me and Jeff you... go way back. Okay, well, tell me what Jeff told you about his experience with the dual shock. Well, sorry, week he comes. So- apologies, apologies. I'm bowing now, Japanese style, because it's the dual sense now. Sorry for that. Sorry for that. Sorry for that. It's okay. It's okay. They know quality when they see it. (laughs) Well, Phil come around the the other week and he said he's going to, well, he he had been given a dual sense by by Sony and he was going to be trying it out. And last night he posted his video about what he thought of the controller, its features. Um, He showed a very cool little demo of uh, the the bundled in uh, Astro Bot game, which every PS5 owner will receive. Which I think is a really neat little thing. Just to, like you've got maybe one or two of the big games with the console, and you're waiting for them to install, as we have to do now with modern gen uh, consoles, which is very annoying. Um, but that's cool. You're going to be able to have a quick blast on that and get a feel for the controller. It's a lot bigger than I thought it'd be when he held it up next to the PS4. It's it's slightly larger. He said it's slightly heavier. Um, it kind of, in some ways, other than the stick placement, reminded me of the Xbox Duke. I don't think it's quite that big, but uh, I, I do like the look of it. I think it'd be better in black. Um, and some of the like the haptic, uh, haptic feedback and the, the triggers, and uh, apparently the microphone is a lot louder and clearer. Um, but yeah, speaker. overall, I think... You mean the speaker? What did I say? You always get microphone. Yeah, microphones yes. re- like record news and speakers produce noise. That's where I've been going wrong on the sound overs. I think I that's, you've been speaking into the speaker and the mics when behind sent, you. Yeah, when I sent <laughs> my my copy to ITV, they just messaged back and just said, "There's no noise." I was rather disappointed. Well, it was your best work as well. So that's it was, shame. yeah, never recorded. That's the way. Well, I would say I like the Y. I've got a white DualShock Four, and it's my favourite controller. Yeah, to to uh, get a white DualSense Five fresh out the box, I'm quite, I'm quite keen. I think the white and blue, it's got black, it's got that black on it as well. So I think it vibes quite well. I was kind of most excited by the sort of very DSI or uh, Nintendo DS like microphone in there for blowing on the windmill i don't yeah. know that, i don't know as that will get used but the haptic feedback that he described from the spring character seemed quite interesting because that was building up resistance in the right trigger as he held it down yeah that's that, cool i thought that was cool he didn't really considering it was a like a reveal or his hands-on with the controller it's a very hard thing to try and uh, eloquently describe in a short video yeah, which and then the sort of fluff piece with the PR guy after just really felt a bit. No disrespect, Jeff. I know you listen, but uh, more camera angles of the controller fighting back against your index finger. I I think might have been a little bit more revealing than what you gave us, and you didn't really describe the you kind of held the mic up a little bit and let us hear the sand and ice, but you also sort of referenced the fact that you got like a, a grainy haptic feedback in, in the controller, which, yeah, you know what, as they said in the video, in these modern times that, that we find ourselves in right now, 
by now they probably would have had PS5 DualSense experience pods popping up around the world for people to go and try this thing out in real life. But obviously the way the world is at the moment, that's not possible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a little frustrating, I suppose. What else we got? Is that is that all that's done? You need to put that pen down, um, by the way, because Phil's saying it's peaking his mic levels. Sorry, I haven't got a pen. It must be something else in the background. Oh, sounds like you're... It sounds Apparently like you're... It'll be quiet. <laughs> How is New York, seeing as you're still over there? I know, I'm still stranded here. Um, I miss my fish and chips and a cup of tea. I thought you had Paulina eloquently preparing you freshly it's not the same, though, it's mountain tip tea and going out and buying not fries but actual potatoes and then working from dusk till dawn to prepare those to the size that you want them to be. Uh, it's think, all about the oil. You can't you can't get it right. Here. What what oil would you have her use? Peanut oil. Of all the things. Did you just pick that to be obtuse, or is that what's going on there? That's what my local chippy used to do. So, really, mm. I'm glad I never had chips from there. That sounds <laughs> gross. <laughs> the one in Ancaster, <laughs> the one that mysteriously burnt down. Yeah, that's because he used peanut oil. A blithering idiot. <laughs> 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 it just smelt like a KP factory in Ancaster for yeah, about not, a year. Not, not, not acceptable. Not acceptable. Okay. Well, we'd better move on. Uh, just before we do, I don't know what the price point's going to be on that PS5 controller, but I don't think it's going to be cheap, is it? $59.99. <laughs> no way. No way. I think you're looking £100. <laughs> If the controller's hundred pound and the console scheduled to be scheduled to be four fifty to five hundred, that doesn't make old do, isn't it? That doesn't make any sense because if you take the controller out of it, does that mean you can get the console on its own for four hundred quid? That, <laughs> Tom. Sometimes I'm you need to write now. down these things you say out loud so you can. <laughs> can I am telling them. you, I think it's between. Eighty nine ninety nine and ninety nine ninety nine for a controller. For a controller, I'm telling you now, it's not going to be any more than sixty nine ninety nine. Okay, well we will see. Um, next up, we've got a little bit of retro news: Arcade Heaven, like the Ghost of Shenmue. Sega is back again. This time, you can now pre-order over on PlayAsia.com the new Astro City Mini arcade cabinet um we haven't got a western release set uh yet but so this could be some of the uh well the only way uh retro fans will be able to snag this one the mini arcade unit includes the following confirmed games but this is so far alien syndrome alien storm golden axe golden axe the revenge of death adder columns Two, dark edge puzzle and action tant r Virtual Fighter, Fantasy Zone, and Altered Beast. Uh, the Astro City's mini joystick uses micro switches, while HDMI out on the rear means you can connect it to the uh, to your TV. That's quite cool. Um, there are two USB ports for controllers and a micro USB port, as well as a headphone jack. Sounds quite a nice little package, that George. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think that sounds good to me. The micro switches and the joystick appeal. The uh-huh. HDMI out, so you can have it to your big screen as well. So instead of huddling around the little built-in screen, at maybe a party or whatever, you can throw it to the big yeah. screen and all gather around the two USB-A ports for controllers. That's, I mean... I haven't seen the I haven't seen the images of this. Have you? Is the two joysticks built into it, or is it just like one stick and the screen, and it's done that way, or is there two sticks and the screen? I but I um, I'm trying to think of the image I saw. I think there's only one stick. Okay, well that's what the, the uh, yeah. USB A ports are for, so you can just wang a controller in the back. Yeah, of it. I suppose so. Yeah, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's just one. At, at, that, at that point, I think I would have it HDMI out to a TV and the USB ports for controllers. But by yeah. the time you've bought this and messed around, you can get most of these games on a Sega Ages collection anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it's more of a collector's piece, isn't it? Um, just a. I just I wonder if it's these. there's a lot. I mean, we're are we are we a collector's piece too many at the moment because Neo Geo have done one. We've got the, the, yeah. the minis, the Mega Drive, the NES, the SNES, the rumored N sixty four mini. Yeah. I think for the uh, for the hardcore collectors, it's probably a nice little thing. But like you say, the the, the market does seem a bit flooded at the moment. Mm. Um, well, okay. Well, the next bit of, news, bit of news. I don't. I'm not keen about this because I'm contractually we divided up the consoles into big supporters and little supporters. And I was, you put me in the Stadia camp, the most, if you're listening, Google, so definitely keyword this podcast to death. But I'm a big fan of the Stadia. I'm the Stadia's champion on the show, as you well know. And this news, which you're going to make me read. A diehard fan, I'm sure. Doesn't really seem very fair to the Stadia. So, Stadia, brace yourself. This is going to hurt. On an article over at Pure Xbox, Microsoft, in a generous move, has announced that Project X Cloud is coming to Xbox Games Pass in September at no extra charge for Ultimate subscribers, allowing you to play over 100 titles via the internet on your phone or tablet. The feature will be available in supported countries yet to be announced and will include the ability to play the highly anticipated Halo Infinite via the cloud streaming service when it launches this holiday. And similar to the way you listen to music or watch films, when you boot this up, you continue your game where you left off. That's very cool, isn't it? Question for you. Yes. If I paid for Xbox Games Pass... Yes. ...and got the app on my phone... Yes. ...trotted out and bought myself an all-singing-all-dancing Xbox controller, paired it to my phone, do I need a physical Xbox, yes or no? That's a really good question. You must must have to. Why? But then, yeah, like, is the Games Pass... Like you say, net like I can get Netflix on the PS4. I can get it on the Xbox. Um, you can get it on a Fire Stick. So many things, but that's a really good question. I've got my phone connected to the Wi-Fi at home. I click on my Xbox app, boots up, pair the controller. I'm playing Halo Infinite. 
which I can then, through Apple, airplay to my TV. I therefore no longer need. All I need to pay is a subscription fee. Maybe one of the Xbox fans can let me know if that's possible. Maybe if, I don't need at, an Xbox anymore. This is That's a really good point and very interesting in the fact that if you look at how much Netflix is worth now, and they don't have a physical... They don't have like a Netflix box that is like seen as the best way to view it. They are literally available on everything. And I do wonder whether one day one of the big three will be like that. Nintendo and Xbox probably first. Yeah, so they're a bit old fashioned, aren't they? If you arrive last, does that mean you've already lost? Is this Xbox position itself into the number one spot for the next, for maybe next gen or halfway through this gen? People, I think like, they're, I think they're, I think they're a bit more forward thinking. Why with, am I holding myself down to what my console can do when there's a great big streaming tower in Ireland somewhere that can allow me to play something that already makes the PlayStation Five look like a calculator? Yeah, I'm still not 100 percent sold on streaming for video games because I believe that. They're, way more complex than streaming a, a movie or music. Um, so people's internet connections wild, uh, vary wildly. I think it's a bit early for it, but it's, it's good they're getting in there early and establishing a, a, probably a good foothold on it. That means pretty much I already own. So from September onwards, my phone is now my Xbox Series X. <laughs> I think we're going to be correct, and I think it will be similar to the way the Sony uh, app only works with the... You kind of link them, don't you? I think without linking them, you won't be able to use them on either. Why? If I sign up with a Microsoft account, if I create a Microsoft account, pay the monies, want it on my phone, why, why, would awesome. I, why do I need a console? I see where you're going with that, but I think it will be a case of you need to link them. Uh, Unacceptable. <laughs> always the controversial. Um, you're the controversial one. I'm normally the passive one, but I'm 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 here trying to get on board the Xbox community for the cheapest price possible to get in the door. Uh, the boss of Google's just rang and said he's told Phil. Don't worry about defending the stadia. They know it's dead already. No, they don't. <laughs> Stadia's the future. You you just don't know it yet. That's why I'm yeah. wearing a Google t-shirt, wearing a Google hat. I've got trainers that have got Google embossed on them, and I've got a stadia keychain danglers on my keyring. They're still yet to send me the stadia. So fair play to Google. Just for it's probably. One of or it like coming out as a new video game console. I mean, yeah. Sony and Microsoft did it though, didn't they? What well, what I'd say about Google is they've actually they're able to use people's Google and YouTube requests to package up the data. If you actually study how the Stadia works, it's not like a traditional streaming device like a console would be. It actually piggybacks its information across a load of multitude of other Google requests, because people are using Google all the time, and they found a way of piggybacking the Stadia data on these requests to wang them down the wire quicker to you. Did you know that? I did not know that. 
No, which is why they announced that they thought they were in the best place possible to launch a streaming console. It just seems like the fans who want to put another box on their shelf, and I'm guilty of that, is not quite ready for it. But when all the devices say, yeah, we're digital only, you can buy this thing off Amazon and you plug it in your TV or you download the app to your phone, they're in a real good place. They are. Anyway, Tom, question is, did we miss anything? I don't know what we would have missed this week. The Stadia becoming the number one selling console of all time. Do you have an opinion or take on the news that we missed? If so, how do the collected masses interact with us? And let us know that we are flaming. Although we're in the top 10 podcasts in Belgium this week, Tom, goodness knows how we keep peaking in these charts all around the world. But uh, again, it's all the places where you can't, where they probably don't speak English. So they downloaded it by mistake, no doubt. How would they get in contact with us in Flanders field and let us know that we're flaming balloon heads? You can reach us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or you can direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Okay, well, it's time, Tom, for the feature, a game that you and I have uh, had access to and we're very excited by that. And uh, We've had a, a good old rummage round in its world, or I have anyway. You've wasted the opportunity, uh, as always. No doubt you're getting your bouffant as a, as a, well, yesterday. As but a Tom I, Bobby, um, mine was hand-delivered by the CEO of Sucker Punch whilst he was wearing full samurai armour. Okay, well, I didn't get that experience, but uh, I got mine down the pipe, and here it is. It's the Ghost of Tsushima feature. In this feature, we hope to give you enough insight to make your first couple of hours that bit easier. So we're not going to spoil anything, but we want to give you a some guidance really uh, and we'll talk about our initial feelings about the game uh, and if nothing else when you can't play the game this will give you something to listen to on the commute or when you're staring at your laptop screen wishing it was five o'clock or you were dead let's face it <laughs> so let's begin uh, Ghost of Tsushima is an open world action game from Sony first party developer Sucker Punch known previously for games such as Infamous and Sly Cooper uh, and that robot on wheels game <laughs> ghosts is based on the japanese island of shima in 1274 as the mongol empire invades you play as Jin, a samurai who is faced with the overwhelming might of the invading mongol army and must utilize um to win situations some very unsamurai tactics to defeat his enemies and nemesis koton khan featuring Look some right. great sorry Featuring some great nods to classic samurai films, the game is completely playable with the Kurosawa filter, a grainy black and white filter paying homage to the late uh, director. It's also got a great Japanese voice track with English subtitles to really pull you into this beautiful open world. Tom, let's first of all discuss our thoughts on the game. Now, I will, I will start. Initially, I would say this wouldn't be a game for me, this sort of parry-based gameplay that you see in Sekiro and, and other similar games to try and really make you feel like you are a mighty swordsman. And when I first started playing the game, I was thinking, oh, what have I bought? You know, the initial guys, you kind of slash them up and it's, oh, that's easy. You know, I'll tap L1, boom, I've parried, slash, slash, easy. When you get a little bit further into the game before you've unlocked any skill points, don't 
don't go a wandering off the beaten path too much because you're going to get your backside handed to you in bamboo leaves. Yeah, definitely. Um, that opening prologue, which is uh, so, I got the game yesterday. Uh, really impressed with what I've seen, but just going back to your comments on the gameplay, um, I've started the game on di- uh, on hard difficulty. I don't know whether that's going to be a good decision. Probably going to regret that, but you can change it at any time. Um, yeah, the combat and the prologue almost feels slightly different to when you get into the open world because you mm. do feel a little overconfident. Um, we'll not discuss uh, some of the story points that happen in the opening uh, hour. But uh, needless to say, you, you feel quite strong and then you're made to feel quite weak very quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of learning, but I, I like it so far. Um, it feels very uh, almost like swift, quick, precise movements. No sort of like super quick slashing uh, in multiple directions and they're the very definitive moves that he does they're on very purposeful um, focusing on each individual attacker and there's no such thing there's not like a lock on is there you just kind no. of hold the direction I think that actually works really well when you get your head round it well, when you've played it a little bit more, you might f- find yourself a little bit frustrated that you're <laughs> still locked onto a guy 100 yards away and the guy that you're trying to turn and face is, yeah. is, is slashing at you. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that sort of um, sort of snapping on to the, the nearest combatant is going gonna, is gonna to work. But... Well, I've, me- I've mentioned this before, you know, Infamous control scheme when I when I played Infamous the 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 precision that you can control Cole with is apps is is one thing that dragged me into Infamous when I first played it. I was like, my goodness me, these controls are absolutely on fire. I can place him down anywhere I want to, and I think they've utilised that skill set to give Jin a real um, slick set of moves. Like I found, actually, this sounds probably going to sound distasteful to some of the big samurai fans, but I found jumping and slashing a real great way of sort of breaking blocks when you're sort of stuck against multiple opponents. And I've been able to sort of jump back out of a situation then get my block up. It's um, the precision that you can control him with is is nice. It gives even a a big fat-handed dude like me the eloquence of touch to make me feel like a samurai. And it didn't, I did the first opening mission, which we'll allude to in our sort of tips area that we'll get to. And I was thinking, oh, have I just bought, have I just, have I just bought Sekiro, but open world? And am I going to end up smashing my head against a brick wall? And it, it took a couple of hours. Then I stumbled across a, a temple I had to liberate of a um, sitting a squatting Mongol horde, which maybe there was like 15 of them or something, including archers. And I died a first couple of times and then something clicked and I went in there, standoff, went straight for the standoff. Oh, the standoff is so good. Nailed that. And they, yeah. that kind of like puts the, the guys come in and then they're, Fear, like, yeah. they're like, oh, oh, oh they, no. they, they stumble back a little bit. And then I was able to, I just picked this place apart. 
no stealth yeah. or anything like that. So I didn't really want, although I believe the game's trying to sort of take you from samurai to stealth. Now there are some story bits and bobs where he eludes and it's been in the trailers where they allude to the stealth being almost abhorrent to the samurais. Yeah. Dishonorable, isn't it? Yeah. A way, but, dishonored way of fighting. Sometimes you can be that overwhelmed. But I've, standoff die standoff win the standoff kill a load of guys die standoff yeah. win the standoff so then reboot and standoff kill a load of guys get to the last guy die like oh okay start again creep through the grass stab done creep through the grass stab done and then if you can bring the amount of characters down a little bit i've had been presented with an option that says um show yourself to the remaining guards and you can sort of come out the grass not in a standoff, but it, in that sort of dramatic style, and they're like, oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're nervous. Cool. So, and um, one thing I would say, having experienced it multiple, 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 multiple times, is that the low times are very short when you after you die. And I saw an article yeah. on Push Square where they interviewed the developer, and they said actually there were the low times were less but we lengthened them out to give you, because they were happening so quickly, you didn't get a chance to read the tips. And yeah, the tips that's impressive. have actually been very useful. You only yeah. normally get to just about read one tip and it's snap-loaded again, you're back in the world. And I was very, mm. in a game where I think that dying a lot is an option, I think that the fast reload is, oh, yeah. is very much needed. And it's kept me... in. It's one of those games, where, like I said with The Last of Us, where I see these these challenges in my mind as a puzzle game. So, okay, so if I go here and do this, because I've, I've found a way as well, there's obviously brutes in the game, as you would call them in any traditional game, where there's these absolutely massive dudes. Yeah. You know, really big, sometimes carrying a shield, sometimes carrying a hammer. And if you can get the standoff right and get them to see you first, the standoff happens with one of them if that makes oh, really? sense. So then you get the option to one-hit kill one of them, and then you're just facing uh, normal guys. So it's a, That's good. You've got to be a bit cerebral in the way you pick this apart, and sometimes the game yeah. in its, its random world generation style, you don't always get the big guy at the front in, you know, to do the standoff, but if you've died as many times as me, you've faced everyone from the, from the invading Mongol army's... Uh, <laughs> dwarf to, <laughs> to the big guy uh so you know i'm trying to get the standoff to happen with the big guy and then hack and slash through i'm playing it in black and white every now and then flick into color with the japanese soundtrack and subtitles how are you playing it i'm playing it the very generic way of uh english voice work and uh full color i felt with the color i love the idea of the black and white i think it looks amazing but it's a very colourful game to not have. I think it's a great idea and it actually encourages a second playthrough for me. I'd love to play black and white, full Japanese as well. But to me, I just want a bit more familiar. I actually, having played it, more familiar. having played it the two ways and then I flicked from black and white to colour, like when I flick to colour, it's like, wow, you know, this looks incredible with the colours yeah. and the, the leaves and the grass and the flowers. And it's like, oh, this is incredible. But when you play it in black and white, you get that as well. But because the there's no colour in the world, I think the graphics actually look even more believable. Like, I think 
just touching on the graphics there, when I first played that prologue, it's a little bit like, hmm, it, it looks quite good. It wasn't until it switches to like the full open world where I was like, wow, this looks really good. I, I, think was, probably, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought some of the textures were quite low res. I think if you compare it to Last of Us Part 2, it's not quite as good, uh, yeah, but no. it's a bigger game. We, we need to remember this isn't a full open world game and Red Dead set the bar very, very high for that. Um, and I, th- I think they've done a great job. I think cinematically it looks fantastic. If you go into the photo mode and there's the wealth of options, like I just spent ages just tinkering just with one of particularly great photos of him on his horse. Um, oh, uh, we'll touch on the horse quickly. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to know anything about this, guys, just... just Skip Probably the Stingray spoot. There's chapter yeah, markers so, to make it yeah. easy. Um, but what did you? What of the three options did you go for with the horse on the colour and the name? The black horse, and I called it Kenji, which is either out of the dark or shadow. I think it's shadow, isn't it? I went with uh, Nobu, uh, and I went with Truth. I can't remember the Japanese for that. What colour is that? Uh, it's uh, the... What do they call them? They're like a, a grey grey with like black speckles on it. It's got a specific name for that breed. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd go with that. Full Gandalf. Full Gandalf. He'd have the white one, wouldn't he? Yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Uh, okay. No, it's, it's so the other one. You're playing it full colour with English. I'm yeah. playing it black and white. Flick into colour every now and then to have a look. Uh, like I say, I actually think the graphics look better in black and white. It, uh, have you noticed that some of the... Um, when I took the horse over some pebbles by a river, actually you sort of dislodge places like a dislodged stone um, ripple around the fo- horse's hooves where you... you It's a texture, don't get me wrong, but as the horse walks over it, it flicks up the odd pebble and things and that sort of like scatters across as the horse walks, which I thought was a... Nice little attention to detail. For yeah, me, I think that's gonna... off air, Sorry. I kind of talked to you about a side mission I went on and the, yeah. the side mission appears in the middle of the screen in Japanese and then underneath it shows the English translation of what that side mission is. And I went on one where I went to find a guy who had managed to perfect the art of a strike quicker than lightning. I don't want to say too much about that, but in black and white... I don't say too much. In black and white, that was oh, that felt really special. It felt really special. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was great. So I'm also yeah. on the quest to find. I I've spoken to someone in a camp, and they've mentioned this this armor set you can get, and I need to go find a musician who's going to sing me the fa- fable of this famous samurai, and I think that's going to give you another clue as to where this armor might be which I think is so elegant. I, yeah, I cannot wait to, to play more of it. It's, um, it. Once you get out in the open world, and I, I was only in it briefly for probably 15, 20 minutes, so I can't wait to explore this and see these side quests and visit all different areas. Okay, uh, it looks well, a very... Let's, um, let's yeah. wade in with some of those areas. Ghost of Tsushima has an abundance of hidden locations for you to find all over its open world. Here's some of the location types you'll want to find during the playthrough. Hot Springs are locations where the main character, Jin, can take a bath and increase his maximum health, much like Death Stranding. There's some uh, 
There's some naked bottoms in there, Tom, so just prepare yourself for that. <laughs> I know you get a little bit carried away. Uh, photo mode engaged, like Tom, really. Uh, bamboo strikes are locations where Jim can hone his sword skills. Complete a button input mini game, and you'll increase Jin's maximum resolve, a resource that's needed to both heal in and out of combat. Resolve is also used to unleash special attacks. Have you found a bamboo strike yet, Tom? I haven't. Too busy peeping down the hot springs. Yes. Well, it's like uh, <laughs> when you find the bamboo strike, it's it shows you the bamboo. First off, you start off with, I think, three or four bamboos to slice through. And it shows yeah. you a button prompt for each bamboo uh, pillar. And they get wider all the way up to seven. So you have to remember like L, X, X, triangle, L, X, X, triangle. And you have to input it in a certain time. Uh I struggled with the last one because it was just so many. It was like you press the wrong button and you only cut like three of them. And he's like, oh. Like, ah. uh, so that's bamboo strikes. Uh, fox dens are locations where you'll find a friendly fox. Follow the fox and it will lead you to the to an Inari shrine. Find enough Inari shrines and you'll unlock new charm slots, letting you customize Jin's abilities further. Uh, this next one I really enjoyed. I don't know if you found any of these yet. Probably not. Haikus are locations where Jin can sit down and reflect upon different topics. You get to compose your own haiku, a kind of Japanese poem, about the topic at hand. Once you're done, you're gifted a unique cosmetic headband. Wow. So you find the the birds. Obviously, there's the animals in the game that attract you to different areas. The foxes will lead you to the Inari shrines, and these birds, green birds, will lead you to the um, haikus. And it's like a little mat with some candles on that's next to a river or a, a source of uh, some beauty. And you get down in like a meditation pose and you actually look around and, you know, there was some sort of mute swans and I looked at those and he, he said one line of the poem. And then there was, but there were three other options. Like I could have looked at the sun or the water and that's the first line. And then it then sort of, moves up you look at a different set of landscape or or scenery in the vicinity and you can look at that or something else so i i looked at maybe the sun setting and there was another line that goes with that but you could have looked at maybe the water or the tree and then you look at a tree and there's three different endings to the poem on there so i think i had like from the shadows we strike um reflecting on our uh our loss but strengthening our resolve, if that makes sense. So there's, a, there's me looking at three. So out of three times three times three, there's a multiple different permeables of what that poem could be, but my poem was specific to me, and it gave me a headband based on the, the haiku I'd chosen, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so what do you what feel about that? that? Are you like, oh, that's special, George? I feel like I need to go now and, and, uh, and get on this, but... We, I, I need to persevere for legal reasons of the show. Okay, very um, much so. Uh, <laughs> Shinoto Shrines, uh, another feature, are locations where Jin will be tasked with climbing to an ancient prayer site. Uh, these locations involve platforming challenges as Jin jumps, swings, and clambers his way to picturesque peak. Completing yeah. these shrines grants you some powerful rare charms. Yeah, so I've I've done a Shinto shrine. I didn't realize that I was doing a Shinto shrine. I was on my way to another location, but the Shinto shrine that I found actually overlooked the location I was going for as well. So it kind of tied in really well. I thought I was climbing to the location, but I was climbing to a Shinto shrine, which was great. And then it overlooked and there was an option to 
look at the thing that I was looking for as well when I got up there and I thought, yeah, that's slick. Uh, Pillar of Honor are monuments where you'll find uh, cosmetic sword kits. Lighthouses provide a boost to your legend rank when they're rekindled. Uh, the armor can be found across Tushima and different armors grants Jin different perks. Some armor is great for boosting your abilities in combat uh, with other armor ex- enhances exploration. Yeah, it's very Breath of the Wild that um, I was talking about this with a friend and it's like, yeah, it's an, a, an idea that's probably been around for a while but was really sort of pushed in Breath of the Wild about choosing between exploration, like swimming, uh, combat, stealth, all the various things. So it's nice that they've uh, done something like that just to make it a little bit more um, than a cosmetic look. Mm, definitely. Uh, charms are accessories that can be found throughout the game. Some are more common than others, but all of them bolster Jin's abilities in some way. Techniques are abilities and perks that Jin can unlock with technique points. Making good use of armor, charms, and techniques can transform Jin into a near-touchable warrior. The we, thing, sorry. No, I was just going to say we've, you know. There's a list of the locations you can find within the game. Obviously, there's so much variation that I've stumbled across within the first maybe four hours of play. But there are we're going to touch on some things that maybe the game doesn't tell you initially. Uh, and certainly, if you, once you finish that opening prologue, decide to go run off in any direction, I would say, hold on, hold on. Because there's, if there's a couple of things you do first, then run off and do whatever the, the hell you like. But uh, unless you do these first couple of things, you are gonna, you're, you're gonna struggle. I'll be honest with you. And it's worth just hearing us out while I explain what that's all about. So things worth doing early on, instead of running off and doing your own thing or taking an abuse of the game. These tips should help you navigate the first few opening hours. Standoffs, Tom. I've enjoyed those immensely. They recover a lot of resolve, yeah. but uh, mistiming these can result in almost your health all being taken. One toe tip from uh, one top tip from us, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Tom, is watch your opponent's feet. They oh, often try to goad you into attacking by uh, fainting you, but they only walk forward when they're going to engage. So just keep your eyes on those feet. For me, I've won every nearly every standoff I've engaged in. By if when I was looking at the upper body, they faint and it's like, oh, I've come off triangle. Ah, oh, and then he slices you, and then you're on like literally one pixel of health. Whereas if you focus on his feet, they only yeah. move forward their feet when they're actually looking to place a strike on you. So at uh-huh. that, when you see them step, then unleash triangle and you just slice up through their body. It looks incredible in slow mo, and uh, that obviously lets the others makes the others a little bit nervous. Uh, and then you've got the edge at that point, especially if you want to go full samurai and face them all in one-on-one best in combat. Killing the leader of the camp is a great way to unlock new skills. But if you find them without raising the, raising attention, you can watch them train. So when you find an enemy encampment, there's a there's a there's like a mini-boss in each sort of Mongol encampment or to place they've taken over. If you can get in there, and I've, I've experienced this, and watch the leader of the camp training. He's sat there and he's got his full armor on. He's doing sword moves. You actually learn a skill, an extra one, before you can then go loud and kill them 
you know, one-on-one with the rest of the camp. Oh, wow. When you learn, then you learn another move set. So if you sit and watch them train in the bushes, you watch what they're doing and learn a move set from that. In addition to the one that you would learn by just going in and facing them in one-on-one combat. So it's, quite clever in that regard but the game doesn't make it obvious to you that that's something that you can do so uh top tip there for all those i don't think that's a spoiler in any way so uh wonder the villages and take on mythic quests this is one of the ones i've alluded to but won't ruin these gift armor sets with each one bolstering a specific play style and you just got to try and find a few that work for you now i'm you know always wanting to face people in full-on samurai style but that often means i'm surrounded by a hornet's nest of 20 guys which oh, i tell you what you it's might, not easy no you might be good at Sekiro and think oh, I'll be easy game this but uh, sometimes just so yeah. many it's overwhelming keep an eye out for foxes do you want to read that one off you go no sorry man you carry on Oh, I'll keep, the next one. keep I'll an eye out one. for foxes and birds. Besides looking cute and giving you navigation cues, they keep you in the game world rather than on the map and leads to many of the previously discussed locations. Uh, focus on the main quests initially. This will uh, make you... I'm sorry. I can't... Uh, I've gone off track there. Okay. Focus, focus on, on the, the main, main quests initially. This will make your off-piste joints more fun. Specifically, now these are the missions I was alluding to, so it's probably quite useful that I uh, okay. explain yeah. this. Specifically, the Warrior Code mission that will give you Silent Kill, which because uh, up until then I was thinking I can't, I can't, why can't I? What's wrong with this game? I'm in, I'm hidden in the bushes, but I can't seem to sneak and kill anybody. You need to do that specific Warrior Code mission, and that gives you the Silent Kill option that also leads to a mission that gives you access to the bow. You can take those in any order. I think it's yeah. recruit sen- uh, Sensei Hakuki or something like that. He's a master bowman. You can go, yeah, on a mission, I think that's... go on a mission with him, you get the bow. Uh, go on a mission with uh, Juan, one of the uh, early characters that you meet, and you do warrior code and learn the silent mm-hmm. assassination. Once you've got those two, I think, the world's then yours. Obviously, you can play this game any way you really want to, but without those two um, skill sets in your armory, the game's not really got the full spectrum of things you can do. So I was finding, oh, I'm struggling here. Why can't I stealth? What, what's happening? I, I'm stealthing in yeah. the bushes. No one can see me, but I can't assassinate. What's going wrong? You need to do these two missions. After that, I've been off doing side missions left, right, and Chelsea, and I've been very grateful for the fact I can sneak in and take a few, whittle some of those high-numbered camp areas down and also have the bow to pick some of them off at distance before they then finally get in your area. Yeah, I think that's probably going to help with those bigger numbers, isn't it, sometimes, um, especially if you feel like that's a battle I'm going to struggle to win, even if you're picking off two or three. Um, Makes, Next a massive, up we've got- makes a massive difference. Just maybe taking those big guys down with your bow. Yeah, or even the uh, enemy archers, because they can be sort of uh, persistently annoying. I've, 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 un- I've unlocked the ability to parry the arrow. And yesterday I was on a, yesterday evening I was on a mission and yeah. I, I unlocked this move and I died a couple of times attempting this particular camp. And then Arrow came in and I deflected it. 
not just off into the air, but into some other guy's face. Wow. And I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm the bee's knees. It's very hard to execute for me anyway. I don't know about other people, but you know, when you're surrounded by other combatants and the arrow comes in, it's not always the first thing you're looking at parrying because you've got swords coming in akimbo all over the place. But I've also seen another archer actually fire an arrow, but then an enemy get between me and the archer, and the archer's actually killed the enemy for me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> By accident, of course, but yeah, he failed a guy. Oh, thank goodness for that. With one of these uh, Mongols down, I'm, I'm quite grateful. Thank you, Mr. Archer, for working for me. Yeah, that's... Um, I, it's, it's always nice when you can use, like, enemy damage to um, help thin the numbers a little bit. and make the game slightly easier. Um, I must admit, on hard mode, you know, the standoff we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, when, when you fail those in hard mode, it is just straight death. I don't know on normal whether it is. Uh, I think, I'm sure I heard you say, it basically takes you to, like, one hit death. Yeah, well, I'm playing on... Uh, I'm playing on medium, and it just takes you to one less than uh, one yeah. pixel away from death. So, uh-huh. you know, uh, I mean, you have got a chance to heal up with your remaining resolve, but at that point in yeah. time, it, it, you better nail every other single dude that comes in that in your area or else, that's, <laughs> else you're starting again. And again, like I say, because the load times are so small, it, it's it's got it's one of those games as well where it kind of, I didn't expect to get me like this, but it's like, well, okay, just one more go. Okay, just one more go. 20 goes later, you're like, okay, I've got it this time. Just one more go. <laughs> if it had like long loading and you were going through loads yeah. of tips, you know, I'd have, I think I'd have sacked the game off. I'd have been like, nah, it's not for me, obviously. But giving you the multiple retries again and again and again and again and again and again. And there's sometimes where you're like, ah, oh, you want to spike the controller because you're like, oh, I was, like, I was literally one guy away from sorting that. And I'm down to one pixel and he's down to one pixel and he's beat me. But hey, at the moment I'm finding I'm finding the exploration in combat very, very, very enjoyable. I think with me, uh, when you when I've like dealt with three or four like nice and slick, and then one just absolutely goes ham on you, and you just you're just having a bit of a meltdown on the controls, and he just drops you. You're like, oh, that would have looked really slick. What? <laughs> but it now oh, yeah, doesn't. Agreed. Like I did a mission yesterday, and I thought, oh, I wish I could have recorded that because I actually went in. Did it all perfectly, black and white filter on, Japanese text. I was like, oh, that could have been a film. But then yeah. the temptation sometimes when you you go in and initially you're on the front foot and you've, you've took a couple of guys down, it's so hard to resist the urge to start smashing that button because you're like, oh, I'll just chop them all up. And then, no, 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 you're not chopping them all up. You're going to take them down one at a time very slowly, else they're going to slash you up and then you're going to fall to the floor. <laughs> Then they're going to decapitate you, and that'll be that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's quite a violent game, so just be aware of that, listeners. If um, you've got younger ones around, it is uh, eighteen rated for a reason. But yeah, it, it always. Well, I think it always needed to another, be that. another thing about that. Like in in color, the visceral sprays of blood which mark up everything from scenery and white screens, doors, and and other stuff 
he's, yeah. he's, he's like really like, oh, Christ. you know, it, it is, everyone's covered in blood, but in black and white, that is dulled down a little bit. Although you can still see enemies literally splattered in blood and yourself. Yeah. In black and white, it's not as gruesome, but still very stylistic. So, you know, don't be, if you're a little bit sort of queasy, if you played it in black and white, because sometimes when you're fighting these guys in the colour mode, there's blood splattered absolutely everywhere. Uh, As it would be. I think I'd sort of disgorged a guy yesterday as well, and I'm pretty sure I heard his intestines unravelling on the floor, which was pretty gross. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, Getting back to some of uh, the things you might want to do at the start, towards the start of the game, uh, visit the Hayoshi Springs and grab the traveller's attire to help uh, in finding secret collectibles. Also worth paying uh, a trip to Golden Temple, marked on the map from the start, where there are many weapon dealers, so you can upgrade your weapon set. That's literally where I saved my game last night and turned oh, off. Ah, okay. I've not um, been there yet, but obviously I've had lots of people say, "Oh, gold in in the in game Golden Temple, Golden yeah. Temple." So yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's it's this is. I'm not saying any spoilers for what it looks like. Really, it's it's very cool looking place, and like the lead up to get into there is interesting as well. I found it quite organically as well because I just didn't really use the map. I was just literally wandering around and I saw where's this path go and that's where it led me. Mm. Um, Also, keep an eye out for those Shinto shrines. Their charms will really help you get rooted into the fighting and make the first few hours really more fun and enjoyable. Um, Equally, completely ignoring all of this and go feet first into and enjoy working it all out for yourself. But both options work for us. Yeah, I... You know, these these are my thoughts after an initial playthrough and or, or beginning of a playthrough. And I think you know, I'm, there's those things in there. I, I wish I'd known would have made me probably look a little slicker swordsman rather than the work experience swordsman that I probably looked like initially. Uh, the assassinations certainly help. Without those, you're gonna be struggling, I think. And without the bow to sort of take down long-distance characters. If I'd have just gone straight into free-roam mode, you'd have to be some sort... Bobby's probably like, yeah, I'm just going to go into free-roam mode from the get-go, while Chronicles of a Gamer is probably get the Platinum without ever visiting any of those places. But, uh, you know, I'm not that good. And I think the average casual player, which I'd class myself as a, a casual player, although I play games every day on handheld or home console... Uh, I I was like, Ugh. this game's super frustrating. But get those first couple of skill points and get rolling with the character and the and the style of play that they want you to play in. And yeah, it's I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's a challenge. Tom, we've had uh, a few people messaging. Uh, Comic pictures uh, seventy nine. We'll just pick a few of these. Comic picture seventy nine says the game looks good. I don't have a PlayStation though, so I won't be able to play it. That being said, I've read a few reviews and I'm sure fans of that kind will think of that thing will be happy. It's reviewed quite well. It doesn't look anything to write home about in a market flooded with this type of thing, but it does look among the better in its peer group. Very. Uh, yeah, I think um, it's a good way of sort of saying it. The open world has uh, had, a, had a fair amount of uh, games over the past what, few One years. of my concerns going in is that Sony have done quite well with third-person open world games. 
yeah recently and i i i think i've expressed on the podcast before is this going to be one too many but it could have been i think but the stylistic overtones have actually pulled me in and i actually think the story and the the, the although it's done by a, a western studio it feels like it's a game from japan with the, yeah. the way especially the way i'm playing it with the um the voice track, Japanese voice track, and the filter. Kurosawa mode, yeah. Y- yeah, and that we didn't allude to that, Tom, but it also changes the game's audio a little as well. It does, yeah. So, uh, okay, comic pictures. Well, I, I think if you got it, you'd like it. But you're an Xbox man, so it's on the other side of the fence for you, sadly. Dubai Jim, this is sitting with uh, a clock to activate at midnight. I have Monday booked off work, primarily to recover from my charity bike ride, and I plan to spend the day uh, on as a sofa-bound ghost. He goes on to say, nice. everything I've heard about the game learns from Witcher, uh, reopen world access, the Japanese AC game, uh, or Assassin's Creed game we always wanted, the story driving your transformation, you can sink in and allow the story to drive your gameplay style. This uh, episode tilting like a classic Japanese TV show, the Kurosawa filter, the use of the touchpad in innovative ways, tiny touches like knocking the blood off your sword before sheathing, all these spoiler-free reveals this week, these minor details all get me more hyped for this than I was at the start of the week. Cannot wait to get lost in Toshima. And sending us to the bridge this week, Tom. Uh, last comment of choice. Who we got? Uh, it's um, it's Bobby, aka God, aka the Chronicles of a Gamer. <laughs> and he says, "I pre-ordered this game. Something I usually don't do because I wait for sales nowadays. That's how excited I am for this game." Cool. It's very much. Well, we hope you enjoy. He's a, he's a four-honor man. He likes the combat of uh Sekiro fan Sekiro. as well so yeah and i think he's going to enjoy this and all that so i think he'll definitely like that tom it's time to rest the feature and crawl into the section we call stingray's boot he's the it man is. the medium the man the myth the legend through which we explore the new release highlights what's he been up to this week has he been selling uh bokken's i.e trainee japanese swords for... I believe he has. has I believe he? young James young James bought one as well. So Balsa, um, Balsa Wood Bockens. One hit in there yeah. bits. <laughs> so then he gets the opportunity to sell you another one. Oh but he does. I tell you what, I'll have a copy of Seven Samurai out the back of your boot, uh, and and the boy wants another six Bockens. Doing a roaring trade on these Bockens. <laughs> he definitely is. Although um, he doesn't speak, so I just imagine that's what he was saying. So yeah. Time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battlefriend all this week? These are the new release, release highlights for the week. Oh, Stingray's bocken is literally encrusted <laughs> balsawood dust in my mouth. These are the new release highlights for the week, July 12th to July 19th, 2020. Listeners, these are out in digital or physical, or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be. Tom, listen in, friend. Sit down. They could be. Region dependent. Have you got a mummy, mummy? Well, now this is a bit more of a boot, isn't it? We started obviously through COVID and stuff. We saw, we saw quite a lot. It could always selection. have been this full, but I know I normally stoke your ire if I've got more than one game with a two-line readout. Well, so I think, that, that <laughs> well, I think it was the quality as well. Was a little bit. It's always there's a little bit of summer drought, isn't there? But things seem to be uh, 
picking up this week. Also, I've got, got a bone really to pick with you. I've got a bone to pick yes. with you. Last week in the news, you were like, oh, Donkey Kong Country Returns comes to the SNES, from the SNES to the Switch. And I was like, I thought that was the sequel. Are you sure it's Donkey Kong? Yeah, it's Donkey Kong. It's the first game. It's called Donkey Kong Country Returns. It's called Donkey Kong Country. My bad. Unbelievable. You made me question my own very existence in life. I was like... Maybe it was called that. Have I have I had one of those Mandela moments where I've totally forgotten what <laughs> this game's called? But no, it's Donkey Kong Country. It's in the boot as well, so get ready for that. What are you picking out as your mummy mummy? Is it the obvious? So I've well, got to pick something oblique. No, or... I, I'll I'll go with um, I will go with the less obvious because obviously we both got Ghost of Tsushima this week. Uh, Shall we just pick a different one each? What other than the the last two on the yeah, list? Yeah, because we, we already we yeah we already own. Um, okay, well I'll go with the first the, one out of the boot then because I have some great memories of this game. Oh, that's, that's what I was going to pick. But okay, well you have that, and I'll pick no. I'll pick the game that I actually know the correct name of now. How's that make you feel? Okay, but I'll um, I I <laughs> I I I. No, I'm going. I'm going to do my VHS pick first, which is the Kurosawa Seven Samurai. Uh, well, I'm going to be more mainstream. Go I'll last, go, go the Last Samurai. Tom, yeah, Tom Cruise <laughs> Last Samurai. It, it reflects the way we play the game as well, doesn't it? Very much. Want, where's Tom Cruise? Who's this guy? Why, Why can't I select the cruise? Why, Why can't I select the cruise filter? <laughs> Which is what you're playing. That's what that'll be forever known is, as now. You're playing it as the cruise filter. He's speaking English. Yeah. He's making everyone yeah. else around him speak English. There's no <laughs> Japanese text anywhere, and it's in full high def colour. That's how I play it. You knock it. That is a great film. Both are, to be fair. Seven Samurai as well. Um, well, I better do my first pick. It's My Mummy Mummy this week. is Halo 3, the Master Chief Collection on PC, July 14th. Halo 3 comes to PC as the next installment in Halo, the Master Chief Collection. Now optimised for PC, witness the Master Chief's return to finish the fight between the Covenant, the Flood and the entire human race in this dramatic, pulse-pounding conclusion of the original Halo trilogy. With the fate of the galaxy hanging in the balance, the Master Chief returns to uncover an ancient secret hidden beneath the sands of Africa, which could hold the key to humanity's salvation or destruction object that could change the tide of the human covenant conflict. I just briefly say about that, probably mentioned it on the podcast before, but I was having this chat with my friend who's a PC gamer and he uh, was really enjoying playing that uh, and saying it felt very nostalgic, particularly the multiplayer. It's one of the best um, ones, I think. Absolutely. And I, we were talking about when the game came out and he goes, oh, I got mine a couple of days early randomly. He goes, well, I said, it's funny you should say that because I went to the local WH Smiths and uh, they had the pre-order box for Halo 3 up on the shelf. I was like, oh, I haven't bought anything for the 360 for a while. I'll treat myself to that. I'll pre-order it. Took it up to the counter to old dear and she said, oh, you want this one? So like, yeah, I just want to pre-order this, please. Goes around the back. See it go to the shelf and it's like this sort of, row of, of shiny you know the wrapping you know the wrapping that game's coming we all know it we all love it it's up there she picks it down brings it back and it's a full copy of halo 3 she goes oh that's um whatever it was by then 39.99 and there it was 
a week and a half early with a copy of Halo 3. Wow. Took it home, booted it up. Online servers were non-existent because they weren't in, on at that point. So I just played through the campaign and thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm, yeah, that is yeah. what you call a, an early, early release. Quite as but, early yeah. as our uh, Ghosts access, unfortunately. Well, no. Uh, nice. Neon Abyss, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, July 14th. This looks quite cool, actually. Uh, Neon Abyss is a frantic roguelite action platform where you run and gun your way into the abyss, featuring unlimited items, uh, synergies, and unique dungeon evolution system. Each run diversifies the experience, and each choice alters the rule set. What happens here, Tom, as you read out the next thing out of the boot? Sorry, mate. I'm here. Uh, yeah, this 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 one looked uh, quite interesting. It's only sixty two uh, episodes. Yeah, I had my mic on mute. Apologies. Uh, Rocket Arena, uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, July fourteenth. I actually thought this was quite cool. Uh, Rocket rules everything in Rocket Arena. An explosive three v three shooter where you're never out of the action. Master your hero's unique rockets and abilities to rule the arena and become a champion. Let's rock it. Apparently, that's. Uh, quite good but the price point is uh seen as very unfair i believe but i've not because it's got one how dare it (laughs) i believe for for what it is it's seen as uh not great value but it's still meant to be quite enjoyable i bet it's cheaper than that stinking pile of garbage overwatch how dare you donkey kong country that's mine Calm oh, down. it is, isn't it? it, is. it is. Reattach your jaw. I thought you'd have gone for the one after that. No, that doesn't look that great, to be fair. That's not <laughs> it's, not, it's not age well. Um, Donkey Kong Country, Switch Online, July 15th. In 1994, at the dawn of 32-bit consoles, one game blew away the competition with its pre-rendered 3D graphics, cartoon-quality animation, and atmospheric music on the 16-bit Super Nintendo. Donkey Kong Country breathed new life into the character of Donkey Kong and introduced gamers to Diddy Kong, Cranky Kong, and the bad guys to Kremlings. Join DK and Diddy on a quest to recover their stolen banana horde, traverse more than 30 challenging levels, take a ride on animal buddies, and survive the madcap minecart sequences. You'd be bananas not to play Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, classic that. Uh, next, we've got Natsumi Championship Wrestling available on the Switch Online and the Wii U. Goodness me. July 15th. Get ready Tom to grapple. Song, like the Dreamcast, dude. Lives on zombie-like. Yeah. Uh, get ready to scrapple with 12 outrageous wrestlers and bring on the beatdown. Wield the massive power of Asteroid, the fighting fast strikes of Viper, the underhand attacks of the Phantom. Sounds like my sort of character. And many more kings of the ring. With its robust grappling system, more than 50 moves to master in that Sumi Championship Wrestling. Delivers some of the deepest and most realistic wrestling action of the 16-bit era. Test your might against the crafty AI or compete with up to four players in exhibition, tag team, and round-robin matches. Yeah, it's a bit of a no-mercy style, but the 2D stylings... I mean, it's got some Don't nice really touches that. where they grab the ropes yeah. as, they, as they go for a, you know, a, a lean back for an extra run-up speed uh <laughs> but yeah i just i watched some play of it and i was like mm, nah. uh ooblets pc xbox one july 15th ooblets is a farming town life and cr- uh, creature collection game manage your farm grow and train your ooblets explore strange lands and have of all things tom 
dance-offs. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> we better move on to the next one. Uh, my excitement of Pete there. Bounty Battle PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 16. Bounty Battle is the ultimate indie fighting game, a new multiplayer 2D fighter, where you can pit your favourite indie heroes against one another. Uh, indie heroes from games like Guacamole, Darkest Dungeon, Dead Cells, Owlboy, and more. I've heard this has been delayed, and I might be wrong. It got a last-minute delay, but... Oh, right, okay, well... I could, I could be of, wrong, I could be wrong. At time of uh, press, that was... that was. Uh, I'm, I'm quite excited for Darkest no. Dungeon. I've got it coming for my birthday on Vita and PS4. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, never song on... Oh, you want it? you got all the readouts. Never song PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 16th. Help little Pete hack and slash his way through a beautifully haunting coma, a hand-drawn action adventure through a dreamy world filled with fire, fleshy monsters, insane grown-ups, and sad children looking for their mummies. <laughs> mummies, mummy. Uh, mummies, mummies. <laughs> Why don't you take this next one as well? I think this is, this should have been your this should have been your game. <laughs> Radical Rabbit Stew, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, July 16th. Radical Rabbit Stew is a hair-raising action-adventure arcade game featuring fast-paced, whack-a-rabbit gameplay, scintillizing puzzles, super-sized boss fights, juicy pixel graphics, and a sizzling soundtrack. Perfect for new players, 16-bit retro fans alike. Now that's the one... Call I'm, me when you're ready for a sound over. That's the one I'm going to actually get Phil to crop and upload as your money shot. Money shot, yeah. yeah. Boom. You, 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 want, you, you want to sell Gillette Racers to somebody? Listen at this guy. Okay, you want to sell Tesla <laughs> like, value like raises that. to someone? This is your guy. Okay, you want to sell Lidl's version <laughs> of the Gillette Five Blade Razor? This, okay, Happy Shopper, you want someone here now to sell me a razor? Here's your man. No, okay, you want the guy down at the market with a headset on selling gadgets? Here's your. D- <laughs> <laughs> I just got visions of uh, like you speaking like the guy in the band in Back to the Future to Phil on the phone. It's like where Marty's playing the guitar. He's like, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Here it is. I wish we did a sketch show or par- parody show. We're not, no. We do. We're not funny enough for that. We're not, but it would make me laugh. Super. <laughs> Just for me. Personal show for me. Do it now. Yeah. Dance for me. Sorry. <laughs> Dance for me. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> Super hot mind control delete PC, PS4, and Xbox One, July 16th. Mind control delete is the first person shooter where time moves only when you move. No generating health bars, no conveniently placed ammo drops. You shouldn't be here. You have already won. Mm, sounds interesting. Uh, Drake's Hollow PC and Xbox One, July 17th. Team up with friends to build an expand, uh, build and defend your villages of vegetable folk from deadly feral beasts in the blighted world of the hollow. Explore, gather and fight. Can you craft the perfect village? Is that, a, that sounds like a sort of streaming type game, that, George. <laughs> not on your Nelly, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Ghosts of Tsushima, PS4, July 17th. It's the late 13th century and the Mongol Empire has laid waste to entire nations in its campaign to conquer the East. Tsushima Island is all that stands between mainland Japan and a massive Mongol invasion. As the island burns in the wake of the first wave of the Mongol assault, Samurai warrior, Samurai warrior Jin Seikei 
resolves to do whatever it takes to protect his people and reclaim his home. Beyond war, ancient beauty endures and cover the hidden wonders of Tsushima in this open world action adventure. The rise of the ghost, forge a new path and wage an unconventional war for the freedom of Tsushima. Mud, blood and steel, challenge opponents with your katana for the immersive samurai combat experience, master the bow to eliminate distant threats and develop stealth tactics to ambush enemies. Uh, last of all, closing up, Paper Mario, the Origami King, switched July 17th. Join Mario and his new companion, Olivia, as a, on a comedic adventure that will take you to the far corners of the papercraft world in Paper Mario, the Origami King on Nintendo Switch. Face off against the Origami King and his army of paper invaders, team up with some extraordinary companions and master magical powers on your quest to save the world. It's terrible. The devious king, <laughs> Ollie, has transformed Princess Peach into origami, uprooted her castle and sealed it was shut with magic paper streamers. Never fear, as our moustached hero Mario and a new friendly liver are here to save the day. That's it. Boots slammed. We've got our treasure in our arms, Tom. We've both took a copy of Ghost of Tsushima out the back of it as well. And much like Stingray just disappears. This week, he just kind of disappeared and was replaced by a waft of cherry blossom, which sort of followed the mystical winds down the driveway. Can you believe that? He is on point as always. The ghost of Farmerton. Whoa! Did I hear the unmentionable? Uh, I think I did. One man stands between... Conquered conquered by Phil the producer and his Mongolian hordes. Okay. Rusktonian hordes, Ruskington hordes. Uh, (laughs) Come to take Farmerton. That's... With that all said and done, with that... uh, little touch of Lincolnshire, we must ask ourselves, those that paid attention, and Odyssey's still gripping his wheel, Tom, what are you hoping to play this this gaming week? Uh, Very clearly going to be Ghost of Tsushima, just really going to get stuck into that. Cannot wait. That'll be it for me. When are you looking at turning that on today? Immediately after the show, or...? Uh, no, I've got some. I've got some errands to run. Um, got more promo work to do. Ah, it never ends. It never ends. I wonder if I'll get ghosts finished before you. More than likely, these <laughs> days seem like you. I am the the second best gamer of the podcast. Didn't you finish Last of Us before me though? You did take a week uh, and a half off to do it, though, didn't you? And I was we, did, like, we didn't discuss it. We didn't discuss it, did we? Because we said we'd go in dark into the uh, into talking about it for the review. So we, I, I don't know when you finished it, and when I finished it, compared to you. So I was a couple of days after you. A couple uh, of days okay. after you, yeah. but I was working and streaming at the same time. Mm. What's going on with you? What's happened to you? Just, just busy. Phil, just busy. get Bobby on the down low. Get ready for him to drop at any minute in time. Yeah. The man who... The man who he, and he actually owns... He actually bought into the merch. He actually owns a man who finishes games t-shirt. He does. I own one um, as well. No, do I? I don't own one. Well, yeah, but I was told... Why, I wasn't why don't one. I just get sent these things? I was told I 
I'm not allowed them because of no longer finishing many games anymore. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, do I have a man who finishes games T-shirt? I've got more T-shirts than, than all of Primark's summer stock combined in one pile, and they all tend to merge into one. Got the Minecraft <laughs> one. Now I've got that. I need to check. I think I, I think I still need to purchase. You should one. see how many T-shirts you could put on in one go. There's a, there's, isn't there a number? Like how many times you can fold a piece of paper? I don't know. I'm sure there's a Guinness World Record for it. I've got enough to try that. It's ridiculous. Every time I go prom, I go, oh, another retro game themed t-shirt. I'm buying that. Uh, <laughs> and then I get home and have to sort of like cram the pile down, and like rag this. It's almost like a, a bag of rags at this point, my uh, t-shirt, club, but it's embarrassing. Um, yeah. And as I get older, some of them probably don't fit as eloquently as they used to, so I look like a complete moron in them. There you go. That's that's life. Right. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima as well, and no doubt some farming simulator and maybe maybe a hint of Minecraft. So on that note, Tom, let's uh let's say goodbye to everybody. Um wait. You know what I need to do. And I always forget it. That's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time, and we look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming, and remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial control. It's what you do with it that counts. Stumbled on my own words there, much like a a knocked gin stumbling back with his sword. Much like a second-rate sound over. And the killing blow is to you. I am down and out for the count. It was a good. It was a good round of combat. Lightning strike. In the end, the lightning strike is delivered to my throat, and I go down, <laughs> drowning on my own blood. What a vicious and savage way for you to dispatch such a beloved family member as me. But there you go. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's combat. It holds no fragility for the human life. Tom, take care. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>